welcome to season two, episode 35 of Sisters Coffee and Crime. I'm Sandra. And I'm Christina. Today we're talking about 19-year-old Teresa Allure. She was a student at Champlain College in Quebec. Teresa went missing on November 3rd, 1978. Let's grab some coffee and talk about this crime. Teresa Allure was 19 years old. She attended Champlain College in Lenoxville, Quebec. Her parents were Robert and Marilyn Allure. She was described as a typical Quebec student. She had a small group of friends that she loved hanging out with, and they were like her people. She attended concerts, loved music, and just being with her friends. She loved the outdoors, hiking, and everything adventurous. Her family and friends would describe her as an amazing person who never judged anyone. She would always see the best in every single person that she met. So now I'm gonna tell you the basics about this case, but if you wanna know more, if you wanna go more in depth, there is a podcast called um, Who Killed Teresa? And it's run by her family. Oh, okay. They do a lot of work, not just for Teresa, but actually for other unsolved cases of of missing women Mm -hmm. so they have a lot of great information on there now Teresa and her brother uh, decided that they were going to stay in Quebec while the rest of her family moved to New Brunswick so her younger brother Andre he was 18 and he stayed there and uh, their youngest brother John moved with the parents just um, a little bit about the school it's called a college, but it's actually a high school. High school it's a, yeah. And it's a boarding school. Right, right. Okay, so there were students that lived on what they call on campus, but it's actually off campus because it's 14 kilometers from the school. So it's gotcha. quite a ways. Mm-hmm. So on Friday, November 3rd, 1978, she was hanging out with some friends having dinner. She tells them that she's going to go work on some homework in a library and afterwards that she will meet up with her friends around 9 p.m. Now, the school actually did have buses that would take them from the school to the residence where they lived, and there was two buses in the morning and two buses in the afternoon. But if you missed one of those buses, you were kind of SOL. Right. And sort of a crazy side note was that the school actually gave pamphlets when they started there on how to hitchhike safely. Wow. Yeah. That's different, right? We got to remember it's 1978. I know it's 1978. Yeah. And you have to be like, okay, but. That's super strange. Yeah, I agree. If you're making it like this, how you hitchhike safely, you know that there's a concern there and maybe we shouldn't be letting these. <laughs> right, exactly. I mean, the kids were like 16 to 18. Yeah. Some of them were 19 when they were leaving because 1978, there was grade 13. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it was said that. There wasn't any supervision within the residence, which I think is kind of crazy that there's not one person at least assigned to just check in with these teenagers. Anyway, the buses to the dorms were at 6.15 and the next one was at 11. Teresa misses the 6.15 that would go back to her dorm. Mm-hmm. It's actually believed that she never made it back to the dorm. Something happened to her in between the school and there. Okay. Now, one student will claim that they did see her on the stairs that evening. But her friends say that she never met up with them as they had planned that night to listen to records. So I'm thinking that maybe the student either got their days mixed up. Right. 
Or they actually saw someone that maybe looked like Teresa and they legitimately think they saw her like from far away. Do you know what yes. I mean? Yeah, yeah. That's, no. Those are my only thoughts. For sure. But in the next few days, nobody sees Teresa and her brother and friends start to get really worried about her. Yeah. But they can't get any adults to take them seriously. That's insane. So here's a little weird fact, but the school didn't take attendance. So it's not actually on record that, that she's not attending class. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's no... Right. How it, messed up is that? Yeah, I'm, I'm surprised that they don't have an attendance record at a high school. I don't... It's messed up. Yeah. On the sixth day, Andre, her brother, decides that he's going to go and speak with the person in charge. And you know, like, I, it was written as dean of students, but I'm guessing it was the principal. Yeah. Because it is Canada. Yeah. No, you're right. Uh, they begged, he begged the school to please put together a search party. And he was told that they are not going to, quote, cause a commotion for this type of thing. Yeah, that's nice. Now, no one from the school decided to call the parents, even though they had her brother saying she's missing. <laughs> Andre was the one who had to call his parents and say, I can't find Teresa. Right. And obviously, they come down from New Brunswick, and Mm -hmm. they go to the administration. And the administration does something so disgusting. They just start attacking Teresa's character. They tell her parents that she was wild and irresponsible, and that maybe she ran away because she was pregnant. What? Yeah. They also ask if Teresa is really their daughter or if she was adopted. Well... What does that matter? I don't even understand why they're asking such stupid questions and what does it matter? Yeah, that was what I was thinking because here's my thought. Let's say that's all true. Can we find her? Yeah. Can we find her and make sure that her and her unborn baby are okay? Yeah. Okay, so she was adopted and? (laughs) And A police officer actually told Teresa's parents, this is going to send some rage through you. He said Teresa is likely to show up when the snow banks melts. Wow. Her parents, he told them, like, the the police officer says, you guys should just leave, go back to New Brunswick. Sure. But they don't leave. Of course they don't, because (laughs) their daughter's missing. Because their daughter's missing. They start knocking on doors, and they try to ask the residents in the area if they have seen Teresa. They also hire a private investigator to try and get something going. Because they really feel that the police just are not taking this seriously. And apparently the police didn't even take the investigator seriously because he went to go and talk to them and say, hey, this is a real thing. This is really happening. And they just brushed him off. So now we're going to go a little bit ahead. Six months and it's Easter weekend, 1979. A local man, Robert, is walking along the river. He was trying to catch muskrats or something. Okay. It's like a bizarre fact. Whatever, yeah. And a, a f- he finds a body, and the body was face down under the bridge, wearing only a bra and underwear. And he says that at first he didn't realize that it was a human body. He thought that it was a mannequin, which sure. I hear all the time when we're talking about these cases. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I feel like it's just like your brain doesn't expect to see a dead body, yeah. so it doesn't process it properly. Right, and I think to some degree... Our brain is protecting. Yes. Right? Our perception. So, yeah. I think so. But he goes a little closer and he realized that it is a body. 
And this turns out to be the body of Teresa Allure. And it's like two kilometers away from the dorms. So literally everybody on the way to school was passing her body. And didn't even know it. And did it had no idea. Now, it feels like if the police had actually done just a tiny search, mm-hmm. they probably would have found her body a lot sooner. I mean, it... it that's just yeah. an assumption. Sure. I know we don't know, but... Right. That's my assumption. Another week goes by, and her wallet is found 10 kilometers away, just mm-hmm. like in the direction of the school, so closer to the school. Right. It's found by this farmer. And now it has her ID, it has some money, some gum, and a picture of a boy that she thought was cute from the school. Which, oh. I thought that was kind of cute. Yeah, it is. Now, they're thinking with her like autopsy, they mm-hmm. think that she was strangled. Okay. But because of the decompression to her body, it can't be conclusive. On the death certificate, though, it does say that she died in a violent, like, it was violent in nature. Okay. So that they could kind of tell, I guess? There was definitely trauma to her body. Right. But they can't say that she was definitively strangled. Strangled or, okay. Right. Now, her autopsy also shows no signs of drugs that are in her system. But the police believe that she OD'd. Which I don't know how you can link those two. Why are the police... Indicating anything. Oh, we're going to get into it. Okay. Apparently, there was a party that night that she went missing, and it is said that LSD was being used at the party. So police say this is what happened. They have a party. Teresa ODs. The other students get scared, and they try to cover it up. So they took off her clothes and put her face down under... And then all of these 16 to 18-year-olds kept the secret. Yeah, for how long? Yeah. Okay, that, that makes sense. So this case didn't really have a chance. Like, the school was more worried about their reputation than about mm-hmm. Teresa. Yes, for sure. And the police, really, I'm going to say that they didn't care. They just think that she overdosed, and yeah. they wrote her off. So her brothers, John and Andre, they really do a lot. They step in, and they do a deep dive they want to know what happened to their sister. Of course. Now, they find out that the police actually got rid of Teresa's clothes, like the bra and underwear, around five years after the murder. Oh, and I forgot to tell you that they also found a scarf mm-hmm. in the fields close to her body. Okay. And they... They destroyed that as well. All together? Like, with yes. her clothes as well? Yeah. Okay. Five years after, which I feel like, is that? I don't know. I thought to do the that? standard. It's unsolved. Like, are you allowed? Right. I didn't think so. I'm to do that. Now, when they asked the police, why? Why did you guys destroy this? Like, I can't wait to hear their answer because I'm sure it's. What they say they were told is, why do you care? Hmm. All right. Now, if they still had. Especially that scarf, I feel like we could get some DNA off of it. And I feel like mm-hmm. she was murdered. For sure. Which I'm, I'm saying she was murdered. Mm-hmm. There's something, especially on her bra and underwear. Yeah. It's all very weird. Now, her brothers believe that the most likely story that happened was that she 
either hitchhiked for a ride or she was, someone stopped and offered her a ride. Okay. And she was murdered. She met some asshole. Yeah. Now, they actually believe that it's not just that she w- it was a crime of opportunity, but they believe that it was a serial killer. Oh. Yes. Okay. So. I, I'm just, I'm wondering where they come up with this stuff. Yeah. But okay. But they have like, an actually a pretty good case for a serial killer. All right. So. There was a case at the, like they saw that at the end of like, Teresa's case, like when someone was reporting on it, mm-hmm. they said, well, this case reminds me of a case of a girl who went missing named Manon DeBay. Okay. Now, she goes missing January of 1979. She was 10 years old. Both of them went missing very close to each other. And she was found face down in a creek just mm-hmm. a couple of kilometers from where Teresa was found. All right. And when they start researching that case... They read something that says, this case looks very similar to me. It seems like the case of Louise Cameron. She went missing of March of 1977. She was... Sorry. So Louise was assaulted and beaten. But she's also in close proximity to the other two girls. It's literally like a five-minute drive between all three places. Wow, okay. Yeah, like the road that uh, Teresa was on, Mm -hmm. the other two women were found on roads that like branch off of it. Okay, gotcha. And all three cases are unsolved. Now, Teresa's brother also find out that the weekend that she went missing, two hunters say that they saw some clothes folded neatly in a pile and they find that really bizarre. Right. So they go get local police. They sure. go back to that spot and the clothes are gone. Hmm. The police admit that they believe that those are Teresa's clothes. Okay. But that's about all they admit. They didn't write a report. Nothing happened with it, basically. Right. Now, John tracks down, tracks down the guys with the clothes. And they were found on the same road that Louise's body was found. So those clothes, yeah. Okay. Now, John also finds out that, remember the farmer that found the wallet? Mm Mm-hmm. A month before Teresa goes missing, his daughter, who's 16, was walking down the road that Teresa would have been walking down, and a truck kind of passes her, and then he sort of skids and, like, goes, like, to a really sharp stop. A man gets out of it and starts to chase her. Oh, now, in this case, a police officer just happened to be coming along. Okay. And he sort of breaks it up. He questions the man and then lets him go. And he doesn't file a report. He doesn't even file a report. Doesn't file a report. Nope. So that doesn't have the man's name, nothing. Right. Now, there is That's an expert. so crazy. I know. It's just, if there is, like, a case that talks about injustices to... Yes. Like, to a victim, it's this case. Right. They did everything. It's like they tried to not find the killer. That's what it totally sounds like to me. Now, there's this expert. He's a former police officer, and he was the first one to piece together the Robert Picton murders. Okay. Like, saying that all the victims are connected. And he does it through, like, like a computer program. Like, it's very, like, in-depth okay. and detailed. He sees this case, and he did his work, whatever he does... 
And he believes that they are all connected mm-hmm. and that the 16-year-olds actually came into contact with the serial killer. Okay. That's his beliefs. He takes that to the police, but the police just say, nope. They say that they don't see a connection because man and she was 10 years old. She's much younger and she was found fully clothed. Okay. But they're not looking at any of the similarities. They were all taken off of a road. Mm-hmm. They were all vulnerable. They were all right. women. Right. You know, two of them were found in a body of water face down. I mean, I feel like this is right. clear serial yeah. killer. Yeah. And like, and literally all on the same street. All four women were on the same right, street. Right, right. It's so crazy. To this day, police say that she died of a drug overdose and that her case is solved. It's a drug overdose. They basically don't care. Is That's, yeah, that's what my what take it, on it. Yeah, it totally sounds like... I can't believe that, brushing this off. that they keep on saying she overdosed on LSD even though There's there were no, no drugs in her system. Yeah, I, I don't understand what the problem is. What did, did they say what the other girls have died from? Did they say drugs were related no. in any of them? Louise, she was beaten. Right. And the young girl, I don't know if it was, I mean, she was found face down in water. I don't know if she was beaten, but they're saying that the, there were lots of similarities. So I'm guessing there was trauma to all the trauma. bodies. Yeah, yeah. So that's it. That's the case of Teresa Allure. And unfortunately, it is still a cold case. Remember to follow us on Instagram at sisters.coffee.and.crime. And please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. This is Christina. And Sandra. Talk soon.